Hi, I'm Emily. And I'm Stephen. And this is In a Barbie World. A podcast where we look at every Barbie movie from 1987 to the present day. From fairy tales to literary classics. From Mariposa to Mamadia. It's time to get unboxed. Readjust your lippy. Rock the ball gown. And let's get our Barbie on. So up to now, we've been in the world as, uh, of... of, of sexy pegasuses and talking dragons and famous famous guest stars yes ballet and there's the whole prince you know we've we've had the whole we've had the whole princesses thing we've also had this this sort of this sub set of films set in mamadia and ferritopia ferritopia wasn't it but this is set in well, it's contemporary times it's a contemporary film but not only that it doesn't look like anything we've seen so far and when you dig a bit deeper you find out two things one is that the director of this film is the director of the my scene movies which i imagine we might talk about once we finish the main disney movies which were my scene is like this sort of sub range of barbie dolls with slightly bigger heads that were aimed to combat brats although they're not that big and they're not that weird and much more multi-ethnic and 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 so you've got that which is so that my scene thing was happening at this time we've also got that this isn't done by um so up to now all the films have been made by mainframe entertainment the people who did sort of um stuff for hasbro like beast wars and beast machines on the transformers um franchises and reboots and action man all these sort of very early animated shows um suddenly they're pushed to the side and this company called um curious pictures who are not strangers to this world so they did um i'm trying to think of tv shows that they did by reading their wikipedia page um things like little einsteins they're doing at this time which was a big thing um and codename kids next door i guess they're the two biggies that I'm, I, I'm, I'm thinking about here. But it looks weird. And I've been really struggling, Emily, to think, what does this look like? And then I paged down a little bit more and saw they also did the visuals on some Wii-era computer games, including Grand Theft Auto, The Ballad of Gay Tony. And that's it. It's that kind of semi-stylized um, computer graphics that you would get in sort of a Wii PlayStation 3 era computer games. It's weird the way that when things are just slightly too far away, they just lose all sense of definition. They look like like really funny cel-shaded characters. Did you see the cars in this thing? They just look odd. And, and, and... Then I was thinking, well, what, why is that? Why have they gone this route? Because if you look at it, um, uh, Mamadia and 12 Dancing Princesses, they come out pretty quickly. This one's in the middle, like overly in the middle. One comes out in March, one comes out in September. This comes out in the middle. And then I began to think, is this a retooled Mycene feature-length film? Because the characters look like the three main dolls. They've got different names apart from Barbie. And their heads are slightly not, not aren't big enough, but the contemporary setting, the 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 school setting, the fifth the fact that they're fifteen or so, um, 
does feel more like my scene than any of this Barbie princess or fairytopia stuff that we've had so far. And I just wonder if this was this was a retooled thing that they had lying around just that they wanted to push out and that mainframe weren't pushed aside at all. This is just a what did I call it the other day? Um, uh, the redheaded stepchild of the of the of the uh, of, of the Barbie films. So yeah, did, did you notice it looked weird and strange? And there was something odd about it? Yes. Yes. To answer your question, like it started and I was like, is this one of those like Sims? Like people have made a movie with their Sims and then uploaded it to YouTube. Like they look like Sims. They, it looks like I'm, I'm playing a PC game. Um, very, very different from the animation that we've been used to, which was, you know, it's no sort of ratatouille, but it's it's just been very different up until this point. So it's bizarre that they went to this seemingly lower quality and lower budget style of animation. But I like it because it makes it distinctive away from the sort of fantasy places that we've previously been. Yeah, there's, there's a couple of things I didn't like about it. One is I think a couple of the characters models just don't work right um they, and the and the way the arms move just doesn't quite work and yeah. i this is finally i found a dvd that works so i actually watched this off one of my dvds and didn't have to go and sort of stream it but i found there were there were some scenes where the camera sort of panned and it was very jerky and i didn't know yeah. if it was just a low quality dvd or it was just very jerky and therefore it just it just looks a bit cheaper whole, yeah. whole bits of it are fantastic and the you know, we, we, we joked last time, didn't we, about some of the model work of things like turtles and giant snails and things like that. And I think <laughs> I've had a problem with some mouths before. And, yes. and and these things sort of exist in this. But it does have it does have a consistent look and feel about it. And yeah. I don't want to have a go at it for that. Because I think we've given mm. other films a pass. Very much so. For similar things. So, yeah, it's just... It's just quite jarring just not to be in the fantasy world and then like again on the dvd all the extras are trailers for the mermaid the two mermaid films and Ooh. and something called the the princesses so the four princess films are being advertised as a collection i think they re-released them as a set of four so it's not as if and also one for the Polly Pocket movie, which has appeared on every dvd so far i think <laughs> which looks dreadful but um yeah, it, it it definitely feels like it's part of this Barbie universe, but yeah, I don't know. Redheaded stepchild, definitely weird, and and, and yeah, and then when you see what people write about it, the reviews are quite freaking harsh as well. <laughs> They're very harsh. Um, this is the first movie that that other than the sort of well, it's strange because within the frame of some of the earlier movies, there would be the character Barbie, who was called Barbie, talking to Shelley Kelly. And then we would go into the fantasy realm where Barbie would play Rapunzel, for example. Mm. In this movie, Barbie is a 16-year-old teenager called Barbie. And it... Whereas previously she'd felt a lot older... Well, uh, yeah. Well, that's, that's, it's not just that. It's not just her being a lot older. So yeah, she's fifteen, sixteen, because she's driving a car, which, which, and I think oh, she, and they're they're a sophomore, aren't they? So that's second yeah. year of high school, right? Which fifteen, sixteen, something like that. And mm -hmm. although 
you know, they have incredibly fucking talent. When I was 15, it's all I could do not to go and sniff glue underneath the railway <laughs> arches. These guys have got a fucking TV station. They've got, um, yeah. they're, they're, they're running for class president. They're driving. My God, how many 15 yeah. year old kids in England would you let drive? Um, Absolutely not a single one of them. There's a whole, yeah, there's, there's a whole sort of this kind of, idealization of high school life which happens mm. along with everything else you know it's quite hackneyed in some of the things that it's talking about but the point the point is when it's the fairies and the princesses in my head target audience five six seven eight nine ten eleven yeah when it's 15 16 year old barbie the target audience mm. is 12 13 14 15 and then yeah. i'm thinking this inspiration for this isn't fairy tales or ballet or all those things that little girls do. Not wanting to come across all Maurice Chevalier then, which I did sound a bit creepy, edit that out. But <laughs> it was, um, it, it, it's, it's, it's riffing on Hannah Montana and Lizzie McGuire and That's So Raven. Those shows, those Disney shows of this era, you know, early, two, early half of the 2000s, which were huge and they were about groups of young girls. You know, obviously, the progenitor of them all was Clarissa telling us all, yeah. But there were these Disney shows afterwards that, that had these really strong female leads, but they were at university. or no, Sorry, they weren't at university. They were at high school, and they, were, they had the daily problems as long as fantasy problems. And I just felt this felt like this is Mattel's attempt to have, yeah, a, this, have a Lizzie this McGuire. Was... 100% agreed. Like, the second I saw the trailer, I was like, oh boy, Mattel went to the cinema and saw Mean Girls and Freaky Friday and um, they switched on the TV and they saw Lizzie McGuire and they've, they've, they've tapped into the zeitgeist of what was happening and what was being presented because lest we forget, um, this era started with Bratz dominating... Uh, appealing to a higher age of girls and tapping into that sort of high school fashionista vibe. Um, Barbie has, I would like to think, been fairly successful going down the traditional Disney fantasy route with the feminist undertones. But here is there almost an experiment to be like, okay, which is what the my scene was in the first place, which is why I think you're right to potentially suggest that this is a my scene that was then transferred over to Barbie um that this was their attempt to be like okay we'll see what we can do with Barbie at high school and we'll do all of the Barbie at high school tropes mm. and so to me it was incredibly nostalgic and fun and I loved it a lot um but I don't know how you felt about it as someone that wasn't I mean your daughters might you're you're aware of that mate, so Raven mate. and Lizzie McGuire but were you watching them in the same way that I was uh, mate Hannah Montana was my favorite tv show with my kids <laughs> I fucking loved that well the first three seasons anyway um and Clarissa tells it all which is the you know the progenitor of them all you know that was mm-hmm. I grew up with that yeah um Melissa Joan Hart um, and the Sabrinas yeah. and all those shows, I I I that that era, I love those shows. And yes, I was watching. My kids are probably too young to be honest with you to watch them. But there were like this crossover bit where you've got 
you know, young, young kids. The Disney Channel became an interesting place on satellite TV mm. because it had these really interesting things like Little Einsteins, actually, funnily enough, the one we talked about before, and, and Blue's Clues and stuff like that were all mm. on the Disney Channel in the morning. And then it sort of grew into the sort of teen soap opera. Uh, Sw- uh, Sweet Life of Zach and Cody's another one. Yeah. Um, Wizards of Waverly Place. Yeah. We watched all those and we watched them to freaking death. Even to the <laughs> point we went as on a holiday to Dubai because took the kids all over the world and we got a cheap place in Dubai, which was bigger than our house. Mm-hmm. And it was so fucking hot, Emily. My kids both said to their mother, who loves the sun, we can't go out. We want to stay in today. And we spent a whole day of our expensive summer holiday in Dubai watching Hannah Montana on the Disney Channel in Dubai. Amazing. It's an Im- These are important, not important shows to me, but important shows to the sort of the family and the family dynamic. And we'll still, you know, yeah. I went to the cinema to watch the Hannah Montana movie. Amazing. And Hannah Montana on concert. In fact, Miley, Amazing. Miley, please bring back Hannah Montana. But Aww. no, no, you know, I, so I think, I think, yeah, I think funnily enough, I love this kind of shit because I don't really like soap operas. No. But, but I do like this sort of high school, teen lots of shows, drama. teen drama, yeah, where it's, nothing's too deadly's going on. I mean, yeah. we, obviously in the UK, we had Grange Hill where people fucking died <laughs> yeah. and drowned in swimming pools. Got pushed off the top of um, car parks. Um, got addicted to heroin. This kind yeah. of nice. What's the one about the two girls that look the same? The twins, Sweet Valley High, things like that. There's this, <laughs> there's this, there's this, there's this, this idealization of America where you go out on dates and they're wonderfully chased and yeah, and and you can have friend you could be friends with a girl and hold this torch for her for four years where she wouldn't notice and you know which would never happen in the uk right yeah you know, you'd be caught out within 20 minutes and humiliated yeah. Yeah. having a crush <laughs> on this girl so this i don't know this this to me is like the best of americana this kind yes. of fantasy high i know that fant- high school ain't like this right i know this this is this is not the real experience and uh yeah. It's even reminiscent of like Buffy, how the high school oh, experience absolutely. behind the demons w- was this, you mm. know, uh, and... driving to school, hoping that your jumper isn't out of fashion and hoping that the jock looks your way. And, you know, I think all week I've been sort of sending messages saying, oh, God, it looks terrible. Oh, no. Oh, dear. And and, and you've said you loved it. And you're, I think you're expecting me to say I hated it. And I a didn't. little bit. I didn't at all. I'm yes. actually struggling where to put it because I, I came in with the lowest expectation so far. Same. By, by miles, right? Um, the only thing in its advantage is the first bloody DVD of those 36 I've bought that worked. Um, <laughs> it did freeze to start with. But not only did I loved it, I loved the music. The story's fine. It's um, And I watched all the extras. And I, was, uh, which I haven't done any of the others, um, and I was disappointed. The bloopers aren't part of the main film, and 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 yeah, the only things wrong with it are just things that we should easily fix that I could fix myself. I could chuck them in iMovie and fix it. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, it's charming. Yeah, there's a, there's charming. a couple of things I have about it, but um, 
But it's, you know, as I say, like to me, especially, and to, it sounds to you as well, it's just incredibly nostalgic because it's so familiar and it literally ticks every box that you're kind of hoping for it to tick but mm. it it does it in its classic barbie way where barbie always manages to make these choices and make them really well um so barbie's our main character i mean this movie opens with them in like the most 2000s outfits that ever 2000ed butterfly imagery everywhere mm. um playing guitar and singing this song called this is me and i was just like fucking yes this is gonna be so good (laughs) and all all the music's like this kind of pop punk stuff which was big at the time as well sort of it's it's all very literally like what Lindsay lohan was singing in freaky friday with her band like that kind of stuff lohan it's um what's the name of that canadian um avril lavigne avril lavigne it's got a real avril lavigne feel to it which again is appropriate for this this period of time yeah. um and yeah and I, I don't know where this place is it's by the sea that's all i know yeah um it <laughs> looks like it's on the wrong side to be california but it might you know i'm guessing it's california the sun's out everyone's got a car um and barbie is of course you know there's a trope in cinema so in asian cinema a lot happens where these phenomenally beautiful women are apparently dowdy because they wear a pair of glasses. Yep. They don't even go for fucking glasses in this. They just, she likes science. Therefore, yeah. she's not cool and she's not beautiful. And, and you just think, they all look a million dollars, right? Yeah. That no, no one looks, no one's misshapen. No one's, <laughs> you know, everyone, everyone looks like a, everyone looks pretty perfect. So this whole thing it's just down to whether you've got bangs or not i think it's yeah pretty it's, much. It's, and how rich you are yeah but she's but again not really mentioned because barbie's got to be freaking rich because she's got this whole garage with a whole yeah. a whole she's got keyboards drums guitars that she doesn't even touch apparently uh there's, yeah. in the garage there's a there's a sofa and a tv with dvd player i mean barbie's doing all right so i don't think it's the haves and haves nots it's just I don't know, it's more like Mean Girls, isn't it? Where everybody... It's very Mean Girls. Even down to... So the the main Mean Girl of this movie is Raquel. Um, And she used to be Barbie's best friend in fifth grade. But now they're in sophomore year and she's become a mean girl. And this this is the rise and fall of Barbie of barbie doing becoming a plastic essentially mm, like it's ironically <laughs> <laughs> it, it literally is mean girls but with barbie um it's every Lindsay lohan movie from the mid 2000s and and of course Lindsay lohan so much was good. one of the my scene dolls as well she was the queen of the 2000s and yeah. i really hope that she's doing okay today um come on the show Lindsay. yeah Lindsay, we love you just don't bring any alcohol because i can I think keep she's up clean with now i, I think have, she's I like gone. she's gone and like done volunteering and stuff she's really cleaned up Good. and you know what she deserves a renaissance in the same way that the free britney movement is is giving britney a break like we need to do that for Lindsay because we we know that it would have been growing up in the spotlight and the media obsession that drove her to have such a rough time. Um, Do you know? But I that went, doesn't happen I went, to Barbie. I went to Hollywood 
not to be in a film, I like travel around, you know, holiday. And uh, one of the sites they took us to is where um, Lindsay Lohan had crashed her car. And sake. I think that tells you everything, right? You know, that, yeah. this is Nicolas Cage's house, and this is where Lindsay Lohan crashed her car. Yeah. And and you just think, yeah, that, that, that there's something wrong here. Yeah. Anyway, and that's an aside, Awful. anyway. Sorry, you can edit Awful. that out, I'm sure. So as as sort of fun and flirty as the 2000s were, there really was this dark undercurrent where a lot of women especially were suffering um, in a way that we're still not really wholly comfortable of talking about because we still want to villainize them. And, indeed, and, and, and and there's a dark side, you know, as much as I love Hannah Montana, there was a dark fucking side to Hannah Montana. Yeah, mm. which, you know, they, they, they're kind of rewriting history at the moment is old um, mm-hmm. Billy Ray and Miley. But I think I think that was difficult times for them. And, and especially, yeah. you know, these young girls, so young. they're becoming women in real time on yeah. the show. And, and Miley Cyrus talks about, you know, the minute she had sex when she was allowed to, she didn't feel she could be my um, Hannah Montana anymore because her yeah. her whole outlook on you know, hang on, I'm doing this for six year old children. I mean, she wasn't. She was also doing it for thirty five year old men. But exactly, you know, you know what I mean. Um, the, the, yeah. the, and, and 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 you'll hear say similar stories about Hilary Duff or Raven. Yeah. Um, that Melissa Joan Hart. Oh, I mean, Disney Moppets all the way down to Jodie mm-hmm. Foster. Yeah, Ariana Grande. Yeah, oh, there's there's another one. You know that that they have these, um, these very quotes. They're, they're almost found. like they're almost like K-pop stars. You know, like the way these K-pop stars can't have girlfriends or boyfriends. infantilized, isn't it? Yeah, it's, you and know, it's, it's Britney's famous photo shoot with the Teletubby. It's mm. like you're frozen at being 11 years old, 12 years old. You can't, but at the same time, mm. you're wearing. Lolita. Yeah, but you're yeah exactly because at the same time you're wearing quite sexualized clothing, um, and you're yeah. and and you're having these storylines which are about boys, mm-hmm. almost thrust upon you, almost exclusively boys. I can't think of many other. I think Raven went to some interesting places with when the when in in the later later shows, but on the whole, you know, yeah. the whole thing is around your best mates. Your two best mates, a single dad will be involved somewhere along the line because you can't have any complete families, and there will be a boy that you love every episode or that you fall in the, yeah. the lead. And and it's a bit like this. This this is just it's the zeitgeist, as you say. This is what yeah. happened 2002 to 2007. Yeah. And this film fits right into that. Right into it. I mean, there's a there's a quote I found when I was looking up Sofia Coppola movies, and it said, "Girlhood is a private knowledge, but also a public concern," and that is so true for the two thousands, as we've just explained. Um, and this movie is just focusing on the sort of like fun and flirty side of it all, um, which is good, <laughs> um, because I think as well. Much like how Mean Girls is iconic in its climax and its understanding of um, the teen girl. And to an extent, Jennifer's body as well. But it obviously a darker route with less happy endings um, for some. It, this is the, it's one of the ultimate storylines of like, and I, I was really really happy with with where it went and what it had to say because it really did have an important meaning and the thing that tends to primarily take the focus of most teen movies 
is very much a sub-sub plot here and I don't even think it culminates in anything particularly special, um, which I actually really enjoyed. So Barbie wants to be the news anchor and her friend um, Courtney wants to be a drummer and her friend Tia wants to be class president. And the other two are doing really well with coming up with their dreams because they're confident and self-assured and supportive of each other. But Barbie's a, a klutz and a nerd and all of these lovely things. Um, just as you say, minus the glasses. Mm. She wants to be the news anchor, but Raquel has gotten there before her because the main villain of this piece is the teacher. that fucking teacher. What a knobhead. <laughs> what a knobhead He's such he a is. dick. Oh, this fucking teacher is like, Barbie, you've shown such spirit and hard work across the last year. I think you're such an asset to this TV station. However, I'm going to give this girl that literally rocked up two seconds ago, who I've never spoken to before, the main news anchor job, and you can be her assistant. And it's like, go fuck yourself. And 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 the and the thing which Do you even just, work here? Where's the, your lanyard? The thing, yeah, the thing that gets me is that what Raquel actually shows in her audition, which we see in real time as Barbie's kind of watching, is that she basically throws away the script and just says what she feels like. I promise you, yeah. that's the last thing you want from a fucking anchor, right? <laughs> you need someone who takes direction and can be utterly unflustered, and you know they can be a. Yeah, they, they mess it up. And this guy, this teacher, is... He shouldn't be allowed anywhere near children. No. I'm not he saying shouldn't. he's a pervert. I'm just saying he... He's irresponsible. He's irresponsible and doesn't understand the dynamic of the teenage girl at all. And, or yeah. what's best for the school, either. Mm, indeed. Like, he feels like some sort of corporate, genuine TV producer who just wants the juicy gossip. He's the most dark side of the 2000s aspect of this movie where he's like yes perfect Raquel I want uh gossip I want gossip and I want that to be my main news story and it's like should we be feeding this beast and, and, and really and, yeah exactly and uh, this is a school this is a high school tv show this must this must take up one percent of his day job I'm sure what is he doing? You know, the minute he acts this... like it's his primary job. He acts, he acts like he's an affiliate station for NBC. <laughs> Literally, you can't even watch it outside of school. Um, what the hell is this? But this again, this is another trope from the yeah. kind of teen movies at this time. You know, that used to be a TV station or a radio station that would be part of it, and that that would be the the sort of the colour commentary and what was going on at school through these announcements that you'd hear around. I remember Malcolm in the Middle had something like a radio station or something. I, I just got these little bits in my head that whilst it was never mm -hmm. the main thrust of anything that I can think of, this is a thing they do in America and they don't really do here in the UK. Yeah. But it's certainly, if he's a teacher, I'm pretty certain that he would have another job. Like yeah. teaching maths or something. He's very unlikely yeah. to be teaching communication studies or something like that so literally kids. yeah he is the he's villain. so weird and he's so awful and he's the reason a lot of this um a lot of the shit happens in this movie mm. 
because he he doesn't allow Barbie the job and he gets Raquel to do it and then he lets Barbie become her assistant which is the dumbest move ever like she doesn't need an assistant what are you talking about she's not a movie star um no so it's horrible so Barbie basically becomes her sort of slave essentially so Barbie and her friends oh man a lot happens before the sort of main plot kicks in so there's (laughs) it's bizarre so Raquel is going out with Todd who is the like jock if you will um and he gets dumped by Raquel and starts going out with Barbie because they make each other laugh and they have a good time and Barbie's had a crush on Todd for a while now and then out of nowhere Todd gets back with Raquel and dumps Barbie. She was going to be his date to the full fling or whatever. Now she's not. Yeah. Some kind of formal um, dance that happens at the beginning of the year, I guess. Because that's the other thing. Yeah. This film takes place over the over about a week. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, so it's a split up. They've started, make, they've started making googly eyes at each other. Mm. Then Raquel sees Barbie buying a nice dress in a shop. Mm. In this mall, which only has one shop that sells girls' clothes, by the way. Really weird. Yeah. <laughs> and makes a phone call, which basically forgives Todd. And Yeah, and, and you think, well, does she want Todd? Or the, the, One of the things that's missing for me is, why did Barbie and Raquel break up? Like, yeah. Why did they cease being friends? What is the basis of this, of this, this enemy... a- animosity between the two? Yeah. Because in Mean Girls, we get a just we get the reason. Yeah, and that's that's um, what's missing here is that's what mm. stops Raquel being a great villain. Yeah, is that she's just a cowbag, right? But yeah. I'm pretty certain there's a there's a version of the script with a couple of scenes which explains why they fell out and why she's yeah. happy to use Todd to have a go at Barbie. Um, yeah, because that really doesn't make any sense to me. Why she's got this animosity towards Barbie. And if Barbie no. had done something shitty earlier on, two years ago, mm-hmm. that would have been interesting, right? And you might have... Yeah. It could have been, oh, there's a little bit of sympathy here, but Barbie's obviously, mm-hmm. oh, oh, what's going on? But no, Raquel's just a, a bitch. She's just a bitch for, for the sake of being a bitch, which mm. was often sort of accepted back in those days because hell is a teenage girl, am I right? But there's always more to it than that, obviously. Even in Buffy, Cordelia starts out trying to be friends with Buffy because she's like she's hot and she's cool she was a cheerleader like let's let's be friends let's be kind and it's not until Buffy like literally attacks her with a stick in a corridor weirdly that Cordelia's like excuse me I have to go and tell everyone I've ever met what just happened (laughs) and that's when she starts hating on Buffy because Buffy showcased how freaky and aggressive and odd she is so Cordelia's like no way is she popular material now we're enemies whereas yeah there's sort of nothing nothing here beyond like Raquel is a bitch and it's like girls are not just bitches like even in Jennifer's body you get this sense that like um you were the snowflake queen and now you have to take laxatives to be skinny and I have that secret over you and you've manipulated me all your life and there's this power play here like, there's always reasons why girls go bad. Like, there are. Like, as someone that was a teenage girl, there's always a story as to why people are acting certain ways. But there's no reasoning here. We're just meant to accept that Raquel is the school bitch because she just is because every school has one. 
Yeah, and and you know, and, and she is the key to being popular. Yeah, yeah um, apparently. Or whatever they call it in this film, populosi or something. I don't know. It's some they, yeah. try, they try and better words. Yeah, 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 which doesn't really work. They're after paparazzi. It sounds like Nazi. It doesn't work. <laughs> it sounds too much like Nazi. Yeah. <laughs> um, um, but, yes, but 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 very weird because then hmm. the 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 person running the shop. Which is the second weird thing which happens in this film. Yeah. Um, says, oh, what a bitch she was. Don't you worry. Literally. Have some free... I hate girls like her. Have some she free says, shit. She's the, she's the reason I would never go back to high school. And I was like, were you considering going back to high school, 26-year-old shop assistant? <laughs> like, who, what the who, fuck are you talking who, bizarrely, about? Bizarrely, right? I don't think it's happened in the main film, but in one of the in one of the um, rabbit ear outtakes, right, that are on the DVD, she gets the name of Stephanie. The, yeah, she's called Stephanie in the movie. She does, she does say it in the movie. But it's like weird. Yeah. Why she got a name? Because, uh, yeah, well, 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 later on, I don't know how we're going to do this, but this is the weirdest character ever. This is... <laughs> yeah, as, as we'll find this out. This is so weird. Because, because we learn her name because Raquel goes up to the counter and says, <gasps> Stephanie, right. can you ring this through for me? Implying that Raquel comes to this shop, uh, to me anyway at the time, implying that Raquel comes to this shop a lot and is therefore friendly with the shop assistant behind the counter or at least knows her because she's in here enough. Mm. And Stephanie responds by being like, I hate Raquel. Again, implying some long-lasting relationship where she's in here all the time and I see her behaviour all the time and I despise it. I mean, I suppose so she have could some just... free jewellery. I suppose she could just be reading her name off the name tag. Which... And yeah, she could be reading her name off the name tag and Stephanie could be responding to the attitude that she's just witnessed. Yeah. We almost have to take the second route because later on in the movie, let's just skip to it right now to complete Stephanie's character, Barbie returns to the store in search of Stephanie. We find out that there is no such person as Stephanie. She's never worked in this store before. She's never been here before. And I don't know what you're talking about. But all, all regaled by a new shop assistant who looks more like the little matchstick girl i've never seen <laughs> yeah, such a miserable bitch in 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 barbie film history that is the most miserable character she's like gray yeah she is she just the looks... color palette is like eel. <laughs> i'm glad you noticed as well but yeah i just i just imagine as the little little matchstick girl from, from <laughs> barbie little matchstick girl the tragic the tragic barbie movie but yeah there's obviously something wrong here but so there's this is no, a sort of but nothing comes very... of it no, there's no... This is a sort of bizarre, wise old man in the forest, magic man who hypnotises your parents and then disappears, sort of old lady in the wood that turns your mum into a bear, but... But, 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 no but that's it. No reason at all. And, and it's never followed up on. It's just accepted. No. And... But usually these things, you'll find that Bar- you know, in, in a normal version of this film, Barbie's relationship with this Stephanie character would have just been a one-on-one. There'd be no, there would be no witnesses. Yeah, there'd be no witnesses. But her two mates who, who also it. received jewellery. Yeah, Raquel witnessed it. Raquel bought stuff off. He got a receipt from her. Her yeah. two mates are there, and the dress is still on layaway. 
Right? Yeah, yeah, the dress is still on so hold for her. The dress got put on layaway for her. Um, By and they Stephanie. Got, yeah. so, so Stephanie must have done that. How did this happen? It's such a strange choice. And you're right. I would have... I don't berate them for going down this alleyway of, um, ooh, mysterious woman. Um, yeah, no, I'm, I'm all for that. Blah, blah, blah. Have there's some a, magic. There's a little bit but of magic in But they don't follow anything that then makes any sense. Because what we need, if you're going to do that, is a shot at the end Oh, but oh, but then what is the point? She's not turning. She's not making Barbie grant her wishes in order for her to learn the lesson that she's about to learn. Because she would never have done what she's about to do without the diary. Mm. So it's she's not like, a- like Barbie needed to learn a lesson, like how Merida and her mom needed to like hang out more. It's not. It, so it's not that. So she can't turn up at the end under a hood looking smugly towards Buffy and nodding that her plan has worked and then disappear into thin air because that doesn't happen anyway. She d- like she 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 literally just feels like a rogue magic person that's like fuck that girl. Yeah. Have a diary it, that grants you wishes. It, Peace out. It's like, weird. Cuz there's no sense. there's no callback to it. She's not a fairy no. godmother. She's not um and you're right. The lesson that she teaches Barbie is a lesson Barbie didn't need to learn. Yeah. And and she's more like um she reminded me of Loki. She's more like a benevolent trickster god that's come down yeah. that's not evil, not good, but she wants to have a little bit of mischief in the world. Yeah. And and maybe she does utterly dislike Raquel and and and, and it's always gonna play but it's just strange. I, I like I said, I don't mind the magic in the film, right? Mm. Again, you know, plenty of those um, those Disney shows I was talking about, they had elements oh, yeah. of magic in them, and not just Wizards of Waverly Place, but there was always this element yeah, Ra- of... Raven had premonitions. That's and... right, and um, Lizzie McGuire would... Um, well, she'd talk like... to her cartoon self, but that, like... That's right. And that's something else, right? As, as we're here now, this is going to be a very mixed-up episode, so sorry, audience, but... There's a, a thing that into. happens, I think, once in the film and also once in the outtakes, where Barbie, the whole world goes pink and Barbie envisages doing something yes. a little bit differently than she would in the real world. So, you know, like she imagines, I think in the outtakes she imagines when she's told to, um, oh, you've got the, you haven't got, um, you've got the wrong milk in the, in the coffees. Instead of going back and getting a whole set of new coffees, the world goes pink and Barbie imagines just tipping it all over Raquel. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And there's some there's something that happens in in the main film. She's as like well. she's like she's approaching Todd and she envisions herself being really cool and interesting. That's right. But yeah. then in real life, she like drops a book on his nose or whatever, and she does yeah. this a couple of times where she like envisions herself doing something cool and popular and, that and game, then in reality she doesn't. And that gave me the Lizzie McGuire feels, you know, like yeah. where there's there's an alternate universe going on in her head that we're privy to. Again, of like expectation and reality. I yeah. wanted, I'd, have, I'd have happily have more of that. Yeah. That was one of my favourite bits of the film, that is that stylistically something interesting has happened here mm. and we're learning about Barbie and we're getting to see multiple paths play out, which is something I always enjoy in a film where yeah. you, you get to see different ways of the same scene playing out. But again, goes nowhere. It's not used enough. 
No. It's pointing. It's literally only used twice and it's... Mm. There's no real sort of reason for it. Um, so, yeah, so we've delved into Stephanie and how she doesn't make any fucking sense. But now Barbie has this diary. And as she writes in the... There's no confirmation that it is magic. It's just that she writes down her wishes and as she does, things start to happen where everything sort of goes her way. But all magic comes with a price because she starts becoming a plastic in the sense that a character who we'll discuss in a second gives her an idea to do a... So again, it's his fucking fault. Um, gives her an idea to do a piece on the popular kids and what makes them popular. So she starts going undercover as a popular kid and trying to gain the trust of the popular kids, a.k.a. the two best friends that hang out with Raquel all the time. And she's doing this to try and get a good news story that's going to prove her worth to this shitty teacher that no one should be proving themselves to, who should be fired, um, to usurp Raquel as the main news anchor. And... It basically leads her down a path of where she becomes a shitty friend because she's becoming a popular girl. And it's all Kevin's idea. No, we haven't spoken about Kevin. Kevin is the worst. If we're going to go back to Buffy, we're talking season one and two Xander. We're talking... We're talking Xander who's the reason... Angel is dead type Xander with this Kevin. We're talking about a guy who films cheerleader practice and in a very big bang theory way, when is questioned about it in a, sorry, why were you filming cheerleader practice? He goes, (laughs) and then carries on with what he was saying. To us being like, we've acknowledged that that's odd and horrible, but do you see how it's a funny joke? And I was like, no, what I'm seeing is that Barbie's best friend, who's a man, is filming Chili to practice and then not justifying his actions. He also uh, walks in on the girls having a hug at one point and says, (laughs) girl hug. hug. I picked the right time to come in. What the fuck, Kevin? What the fuck? What I don't understand is, (laughs) Kevin. And you have picked his worst character traits, <laughs> which are They're well, his only character well criticizable. Well, yeah, which are well criticizable. You forget his ability to rhyme ridiculous words together. But um, is what's he what's he doing in a Barbie movie, right? If this was a movie aimed at men as boys as well, I don't approve of it. But I can see how boys would say, "Hey, look, he's kind of." geeky but cool because he's a perv why is he in this film being a sex pest is not a good thing it's not a good thing but it's a double not a good thing when he is the better option in this film for barbie yeah barbie's letting herself down in the denouement by realizing kevin's the man for her don't you think that's weird it's really tropey it's very um you belong with me, Taylor Swift vibes, mm. where, of course, the the guy that is perfect for you was under your nose the whole time, like, oh, pretty in pink, screw the jock, go out with your best friend because he gets you for you. But Kevin shouldn't be with anyone because he's a sex pest. And Barbie doesn't even... 
So he's sending notes to Barbie. The girls find out that he fancies her and they convince him to try and tell her. So he sends her all these notes. And right near the end, Barbie's like, you know what? Screw Todd because he can't make up his mind. I've realized now that it's Kevin sending me these notes and he gets me for me and he's always been there for me. And she approaches him and it's all just really awkward. They don't kiss. They don't. They have a relationship. They have a really awkward dance, don't they? So (laughs) awkward, and and like they would just they. He's like, oh yeah, sorry, Barbie, I really fancy you, and I didn't quite know how to tell you because I thought you fancied Todd. Um, and she's like, oh, well, let's go find the girls. But then her bracelet gets caught on him, and he reveals that he's found her bracelet that she lost, and she's like, oh, okay. Let's dance now then in, instead because I guess you need a reward for finding my bracelet. And then right at the end of the movie, their relationship continues in the same vein that it has been throughout the whole movie. They're having their movie night, as they always do, but she's not got her head in his lap. They're not holding hands or kissing. They're sat other ends of the sofa having the same banter they were having when they were just previously friends I don't think they get together. I think Kevin ad- admits his feelings for Barbie and she accepts them and then politely turns him down off screen. No, gee, I, th- I think they're just comfortable with each other. Barbie doesn't really want to go out there anymore. She'll put up with him. She quite likes having this guy around, you know, their movie night where their movie night where they have alphabetical movies with and you can only eat food from that <laughs> alphabet number as well. It's a fun game. I'd like. I, I'm going to do that. Ned isn't the hardest, by the way. <laughs> I, I, wanted yeah. to, I wanted to see Q. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Or X. <laughs> oh, oh, my God, X. Yeah, just quinoa. Quinoa and nothing. <laughs> or X-ray. Plates of X-rays. But it is a cute game. It is, but I would, when Barbie goes to university or college, they would split up. That's the story. There's a sequel I literally wrote that in my notes. I was like, this relationship does not last to the end of the summer holidays. We are so the same, Emily. It's fucking scary. (laughs) Because, yeah, in in my head, I just, again, again, it's another trope, isn't it? Where where people go to college and move on. But, yeah, this is, this is, I mean, she shouldn't be with Todd. Don't get me wrong. Todd's a twat. No. And he's animated really badly. And his arms go in and out like a fucking crab's pincers. Um but but Kevin is weird. I, I, I'm probably being a bit more charitable to Kevin than you are, but I did I did write down in my notes he was videotaping cheerleaders and um the girl hug thing. Yeah. yeah. I'm not sure that's I I'm pretty certain I would probably have said something like that as well. But And it's yeah, and this is the thing, you know, it's like Xander in mm. Buffy who who is like <sighs> They just don't hold up. It was that sort of like the the nerd needs another personality trait Mm. and that personality trait is often sex pest. But back in the 90s and the early 2000s, it was like, isn't it great? Because he's not he's not raping you in the car. He's just getting really moody because you won't go out with him. Isn't that better, girls? Would you? What would you rather? Would you rather be touched up by the jock in your car, or would you rather a man just get really grumpy at you because you refuse to go out with him? And to be honest, he's earned your going outness because he's been so nice to you lately. You know, it was very toxic. Yeah. There was yeah. no such good thing as a good representation of a relationship. Um, but it's just weird. Back in, then. But it's weird in this film for to yeah. be there. That, that, because that... it's also 
unnecessary. There doesn't need to be. And it's because they were trying to tick so many boxes and it feels really glued on because the main story is about her and her friends. It's it's like Mean Girls, how the relationship mm. is that. is very much just uh, an insight for different bits of action from the various characters. But really the, the story is about the girls' friendship you don't and the rise need, and fall of popularity. You don't need any boys in this film at all, in fact. No, um, you don't. This could have been an all-girls school yeah this could have been a story of two kid two people who fell out with each other barbie could have learned all the lessons about popularity and 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 toxic popularity and she could have won the battle of the bands or whatever it is as well and we wouldn't have needed i mean i I do think that movie night thing's kind of cute but they don't need to be boyfriend and girlfriend to do it we didn't need todd at all with his weird like why doesn't he wear a helmet even though he's the quarterback and that bugged me yeah that bugged me a lot that's just a detail thing but unnecessary because neither of them really move the plot along the only good thing that kevin does is that he shows that there's a really nice bit in the script where he puts that um broken guitar string on her arm and she goes don't be stupid that's just a stupid bit of metal oh and unfortunately they write it in such a way that barbie doesn't have that moment of realization she just goes oh i see what you're saying this bracelet's but that's a nice moment, but again, yeah. doesn't have to be Kevin. That could have been one of her friends that could have put exactly. That in there. So because her friends are the people that we care about, her friends are the people that are important to her, who she lets down, and like she never goes through that same thing with Kevin. She doesn't let him down no. and then come round. Um, and learn a valuable lesson. He's he's just he comes up with the idea in the first place. He supports her with it the whole time, and he still gets the reward. Whereas the other two girls really suffer at the hands of Barbie's attitude, and have to really grow and change and, he, and come together as a friendship. And he would have been all right if he hadn't got together with Barbie, because as you say, the, the way the relationships at the end is no different to it is when they are going out. So he yeah, could exactly. he could he could have had all the fun bits with none of the fucking hassle, frankly. Yeah. If he if he act smart about it. Also, let's talk about um, what Barbie does do. Right, so basically, yeah. she's making a film, like a documentary for the TV show. She gets herself in with um, Raquel's two mates, which turns out, basically, the, the reason to be popular is, is that you can be bitchy about people. And yeah. on camera, so two things, ha- well, lots of things happen off camera, actually, which is another mm. weird thing about this thing, where the, the film apparently shows them to be bitches, but we never really see the film. To find out they're being bitches. Yeah. The only bit we see is potentially even an outtake where Barbie mm. mentions that, is it Tia labels her yeah. jeans so um, so she doesn't wear the same pair two days running, which apparently means she doesn't wash her jeans. None of that works out in my head. No, One, but you know what kids are like. But you, don't, but you don't have to wash your jeans. That's the whole point. The hard wearing. They're literally designed to be worn for days on end. That's the whole point of them. Anyway, forget about that. But but nothing they say means that she doesn't wash her jeans every day. Yeah, and, it's just a rumour that they then start to but spread. But it's a shit rumour. And it's a shit rumour that goes nowhere. And then, as it turns out, in the, in the wrap-up, someone says, does that work well for knickers as well? Yeah. What a fucking weird thing. That, wash them and change them every day, right? Um, but you can still number them. There's no big deal. Because also, 
also the worry is that you're going to be caught wearing the same pair of jeans twice in a row Gosford Park style and I you're, get, going to get, I you're going to be the shame of society with underwear no one should be seeing that you're 16 yeah but even if you didn't I, I, lots of people I know have 14 pairs of the same underwear yeah mm. it just or, or, or similar you know they it just what a weird again what a weird thing to come up with in a Barbie movie as a really as a piece of advice and so I felt none of this nothing really important is ever again I really enjoyed this film don't get me wrong but in terms yeah. of the, in terms of the threat and the bitchiness and the evil stuff that could be going on none of it mattered and I, I yeah. hear what you're saying yeah I'm afraid because you know I, I've seen it. I, you know, I was, I was bullied at school, and thinking about the things I was bullied about now, it's like, really? Did I really mm-hmm. give a shit? Well, I did because it was the most important thing in the world that yeah. I was liked and that I, you know, that I was popular and I wasn't, or not. I was amongst my friends, but it, you don't realise that until later because you want to be. You know, there was a the very good bit about the grass only being available for the popular kids. Yeah. That's such a thing. Something like that happened at my school. You know, there were areas of the school, a bench or something like that, where only yeah, the cool kids could go. Yeah, a certain place. You could only go there if you were cool. And what's really interesting in this movie is it sh- it highlights it's the fact that, like, one of the popular girl's dad is a landscaper who who basically made this bit of land and upkeeps it. And it's that sort of parents getting involved with their children's life yeah. So it's like she will always have access to this piece of lawn because her dad gave it to the school, basically. Mm. Um, you know, it's like Lucius Malfoy. Like, my dad's a governor. My father will be hearing of this and he will have influence in this school and you will not get away with it. It's it's all of that sort of thing. So I thought that was really interesting and as that, well. But that's a really deep bit of writing compared to mm. all the other stuff, which is under, so, shallow. so shallow and underwritten. Um, yeah, those... it's like those bots that watch. They watched a bunch of teen two thousands movies, and then spat out the Barbie Diaries. Mm. But there's this, yeah. But actually, I quite like Raquel's two friends. I don't yeah, know. I don't know why. They're actually, <laughs> they're, they're actually sort of more complex as characters than Barbie's two friends because we almost spend more time with them than we do Barbie's friends, and. They're not ambitious and we're meant to think they're catty. But then I was actually taken aback when just before the documentary was about to air, a teaser was shown. So a lot of people had seen what it was meant to be about. And they approach Barbie in her garage, these two popular girls, and they're like, you vicious, horrible creature. Or something. Quite aggressive mm. use of language. How dare you? You We thought you were our friend. You were only hanging out with us to get this horrible gossip story. And you know what? They have a point and they have a right to be angry. And later on where Raquel wants to steal Barbie's bracelet, one of them's like, look, I agree that she deserves it, but that's still stealing and I don't think you should do that. And it's showing really good layers to these characters. They are way more complex than any other character in the movie. Other characters just let Barbie get away with shit, right? Even when they're mad at her, you wouldn't know. Right. Yeah. Um, there's also there's another. I saw you going about the outtakes, but I think the outtakes really tell a lot about what was taken out of this movie. So you know the bit in the shop where Raquel puts on her outfit, and she comes out and she goes, "Ta-da! This is me." Yeah. Well, Barbie's trying to buy the red dress elsewhere in the shop. In the mm-hmm. outtake, it 
it pulls back and you see the two other mean girls both basically sticking your finger down their throat going yeah she looks like shit (laughs) (laughs) and um and that moment that's really important because that shows you how flimsy all these relationships and these structures are yeah and and actually their friends they follow Raquel around because she's popular but they don't need Raquel because they dump no, they, Raquel. They like dump that. Raquel quite quickly for Barbie, and then Barbie becomes the new Raquel. So and it's at the not very like. End, at the very end, you're seeing a bigger group build up, right? Because those two are yeah. now being mates with Tia and, and the other one, talking about numbering their knickers. Um, they're, they're, they're really interesting. And like you say, when they come to, come to Barbie, and, and they, they are the only people who tell Barbie she's being a bitch. No yeah. one else does. Her friends go. Hmm, that was a bit horrible that you, what you did. But Kevin doesn't. Yeah. Kevin doesn't tell her off. Of course not. Tia, Tia and Maria, or whatever their names are, don't <laughs> don't really tell her off, or they give no. her the fucking easiest pass of all time. Yeah, they really do. Barbie has a little mope with her broken guitar. That's about it. But those, yeah, those two. I thought I'm, I'm glad you like them because I thought they had there was more going on with them. Yeah. And again, there's another alternative movie somewhere where you just sit through their eyes, you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, literally. And they're the ones that pretty much turn up and be like, you're a plastic, Barbie, a cold, hard plastic. Like, whereas that should have been reserved for Tia and Courtney mm. to call her out in that way. But it's actually the Karen and Gretchen that that do it. Um, it's It's really quite interesting and then of course barbie goes on air (sighs) put a pin in that and says (laughs) i'm sorry i'm not going to show the tape i'm going to show kevin's stupid homemade videos instead um i apologize for my actions i don't think it you know it's important who's popular and who's not and it's none of anyone's business and as long as you know who you are that's fine which was amazing that was so good and wise and a great message why the fuck it had to happen in the first place because this teacher who was visibly disappointed when barbie was like i'm not going to show my nasty vicious documentary showcasing the bitchiness of this um year group and this teacher was like god fucking damn it it's like i'm sorry Do you want to go home and watch One Tree Hill and stop trying to interfere with the lives of these teenagers, these children that you have been put in charge of, you dick? (laughs) And she's like, I'm sorry, I can't do it, bye. And he's like, oh, damn it. And it's like, for fuck's sake, you shouldn't have greenlit the project in the first place. You shouldn't have wanted the studio to move in a way where they highlighted gossip rather than actual news. And you definitely shouldn't have let it get this far like this all would have been your fault barbie is 16 you know she's not wholly responsible for her actions you should have stepped in at some point and been like actually barbie i think a vicious documentary being cruel about these mean girls is not very fair don't you maybe we should do something else but no not once he's excited to watch the documentary and it's awful Yes, what she said. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, yeah, but again, 
just just weird. There's some there's just some weird writing in this film and weird weird yeah. um pacing when these things happen. Do you know what I mean? Because yeah. we haven't even talked about the other subplot where they're all in a band. Oh yeah, <laughs> yes. So so this film is full of Avril Lavigne esque pop punk music. Hell yeah. And I really liked it. I really, really like the music in this film, although there's a weird side to it, which I think you're going to talk about. <laughs> but it's, yeah. it's it's all done by... So Barbie has two voices. It's it's our old friend... Um, oh, who does Kelly all, Sheridan. It's all Kelly Sheridan, except singing. It's this artist called Sky Sweetenham, who's this Canadian... Funny, just like Avril Lavigne. 17-year-old Canadian <laughs> singer-songwriter that, again, there's a little bit with her on the DVD. Um, incredibly hyperactive, although I think that's just the 90s-style MTV editing they put into play. Yeah. Um, and, but the songs are all pretty good. Um, one of them, I think, is actually... I think I read somewhere it's from Just So Raven. It's a cover version of a song from Just So Raven, which I thought was like, oh, well, they you couldn't make it up, could you? Yeah. <laughs> but but they're really good. How but however, what she has done, she has over, she's become in the next ten years head of some punk thrash metal band. <laughs> That's it's actually quite good. It's <laughs> awesome. I quite liked it. But yeah, with a very visual flair. But she's she's still only thirty two, but she's seventeen when she's done this. And so mm. and, and but she's so happy she's the voice of Barbie in this, obviously in a puff piece, you're going to say that, but to think then she goes and opens for fucking, I don't know, some thrash metal, I forget where they, the, the, there's, she's got quite an extensive um, thingy page, um, Wikipedia page, where she's, um, oh yeah, she also does music for Degrassi, The Next Generation, again, I can't think of a more Canadian thing for someone to do, <laughs> and her band's called Sumo Psycho, fucking brilliant, and she's yeah. now called Sever. She's not called Sky anymore. Um, yeah, she's pretty fucking cool, actually. Um, it's really cool. And I like that. However, in a... Do you remember the first film when I said it was Tenet-like? Or, or, yeah. or not Tenet-like, it was Inception-like. Inception-like, yeah. Because they didn't just stick with Sky Sweetland doing the music for this and releasing... A, you know, you can buy an album of this, but the, the songs aren't sung by Sky on the album. No, they're sung by... Some fucking Australian band of moppets that Mattel put it's together. Honestly, the most Simon Cowell capitalist <laughs> bullshit. Like, we've been very fair on Mattel and Barbie up until this point, where we understand you're in this to make money and we appreciate that and we think you're very good at what you're trying to do and you're quite respectful and you're clearly tapping into something that's that's wanted by people. But what they've done here to support the, and promote the release of the motion capture film The Barbie Diaries here in 2006, Mattel and Shock Records have put together an Australian four-piece girl band called Charms, which is the name of the girl band in the movie that Barbie is in, consisting of... It was, it was done through a singing contest for eight to 14-year-old girls who had to send in a video of themselves singing. And three 13-year-olds and one 14-year-old girl was chosen to create this band. 
And they released a self-titled album in 2006 with cover versions of the likes of Hayley Duff and Gwen Stefani. And they cover This Is Me, which is the opening song in the movie. I believe that's where their career ends. And I truly hope that this is just a really fun thing that these girls say when they're on an office day out and someone's like, tell us an interesting fact about yourself. And they're like, oh, well, when I was 14, I was in this band that was put together by Mattel, who do Barbie. Uh, and it was to promote this um, this Barbie movie that nobody saw. And uh, it was an interesting experience, actually. So I, I, I do actually have an album out um, back from when I was 14 and everyone will be like wow that's so interesting where's Emily gone there was some Australian (laughs) woman was on the podcast then (laughs) (laughs) it was one of the members of the band Charm Um, and it just I'm just so glad that I can't see that it went anywhere beyond this one album that was obviously co-released with the movie because I do not want Mattel to be in charge of ruining four girls' lives <coughs> no, because they, they... They just seemed a bit young to be the analogue. I remember when JoJo oh, came yeah, out yeah, yeah, with, yeah. get out right now, it's the end of you and me, which was a bop, but she was 13. And I remember at the time seeing her on Top of the Pops and being like, Jesus Christ, she's 13. That's very, very young. Mm. Um... And I was probably around the same age at the time, or perhaps a bit older. And like we're used to pop stars being like sixteen, but thirteen just feels like you should be at home on MSN. Like you shouldn't be on top of the pops in a crop top, hanging out with these like producers. <laughs> like you need to be somewhere safe. <laughs> you are a baby. Um yeah (laughs) but yeah like and so i just really was worried when i found out the existence of charms the live action band where it was headed but there doesn't seem to be any horrendous backlash from it why were they trying to resurrect the whole neighbors vibe with kylie and natalie and brulia because natalie and brulia is the fit is the other vibe i'm getting from this um, from this music, you know, that Torn song that she did was like, which obviously... I'm cla- all out of place, well, yeah. this is how I feel. That is... Cold and iron shade, obviously, naked on the floor. there's a whole story of um, plagiarism around that song that we're not going to get into. But you know what I mean? Why Australia? Why pick four Australian yeah. kids that are the wrong age to promote a film which is really about the American high school experience? The 16-year-olds, they say yeah. that Barbie's 16. And why have a singing contest that's open from the ages of eight? And it's because that's who plays with Barbies. But we're mm. not going to make a pop group of eight-year-olds because that's probably against the law somewhere. Do you remember Do you remember they did that? There were those... Um... So when I was growing up, there was something called the mini pops, right? Which was little seven or eight-year-old kids dressed up as adult pop stars doing cover versions of songs oh, of the time God. yeah i think they're called the mini pops or the mini tots and of course we had the s club seven juniors as well didn't we you must remember then that's contemporaneous with this <laughs> isn't it um one step closer to heaven baby means we, one step closer you, to you where you had prepubescent versions of a post-pubescent of already fairly prepubescent yeah, bands. well just to sort of just just about 
Yeah. Oh, pubescent. God. Yeah. So I, I've never said the word pubescent so often in a sentence in my life. <laughs> and Stephen goes full Morris Chevalier again. Um, yeah. It was just weird. It's just it's just a weird inceptiony. What were they thinking? How many meetings were had to make this come out the other end? Yeah, and like, then... why did they think that was the best way to market this movie? Why not, I don't know, sell dolls? Because you've been really good yeah. at that lately. But even, if um... but even if you're going to make the music a big thing, which I think, you know, the music is of the time, yeah? This, this yeah, kind of pop-punk, so. mid-2000s of its time, Avril's, Avril's the Queen, you know, before she got replaced by somebody else. I'm with the kids, I know the current conspiracy theories. Um, and... <laughs> and, and, and... And, and and Hannah Montana, obviously, she had that similar kind of pop punk vibe going on, even though she came from a the best a of both worlds. Yeah. Anyway, um, God, this is a absolutely you're gonna you're gonna have fucking trouble editing this episode. It's the showdown hoedown. <laughs> but and then on the DVD, there's a whole sub story about Sky Sweetnam, right? There's this whole thing where. Mm. This is the girl that's doing all the music. Isn't she great? Let's try and advertise her. Except what we're going to do, when we do the soundtrack album, we're going to get these eight-year-olds from Australia to sing it. Yeah. What the actual fuck? And, yeah, and, and I don't know. And, you know, people have meetings and decisions and people sign off. And I'm sure Mattel, you know, have quite the legal team and quite the creative team. I'm sure this was nothing to do with either of the production companies this was it just weird unless what would have happened was maybe some record company reached out to mattel and said oh we could do a we're doing this anyway would you like to be part of it i guess exactly yeah do you happened. want to get involved but yeah f- flop <laughs> yeah thank goodness in many ways mm. Because another big marketing ploy for this movie that I thought when I was watching it, the whole thing surrounds a Barbie diary. Sign me up. I want one. Mm-hmm. I want a diary that I need a charm bracelet to open that has Barbie all over it. Like, obviously I do. Look at it. It's pink. It's butterflies. It opens with a charm bracelet. And then I was like, obviously, I want the charm bracelet. So I'm going to buy the charm bracelet now as well. You better fucking be selling me the charm bracelet, Mattel. Um, I'm sure they did. And I've just looked up the dolls. Every doll comes with a charm. Genius. A single charm to I put on. I bet Pandora the... were paying attention. So you buy your Barbie doll. Yeah. And you get the charm. You buy your Courtney doll, you get another charm. You buy your Raquel doll, you get another charm. So you need to buy the bracelet and are they all sold Barbie separately. Dolls? And every single Barbie doll to accompany this movie in order to get all of the charms to fill your bracelet. Oh, genius. genius. So are they Barbie dolls genius. or are they... Yes, they're Barbie dolls. dolls. So the heads are normal Barbie, Barbie size. Interesting. Yeah. So the other thing, I've just reminded me, my kids at the time had this... Um, must have come from someone like VTech. I can't remember. But they had journals, but you would record your voice as a password on them before, and they were quite plasticky. I always felt. Yeah. But but you, they'd say something like, "Open up, it's me," and and it would recognise the recording and open up. And so diaries were a sort of thing at this Very time. Very much a thing. And yeah, so did, did 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 Mattel do the Barbie Diaries diary? Also, I have to say, yes, they did. There is a diary singular in this film. There is no, there are no yes. diaries. 
there is a diary yeah. that she makes a big fucking fuss about that allegedly <laughs> makes things come to life. But again, you could quite easily say that's just bullshit and that's just like um it's like people who say when i watch the football wearing this pair of pants my team always win it's uh, i forget <laughs> yeah. what i forget what it's called but there's, there's there's a name for it where you think you're you're you have an effect on the world which actually you don't but you just start seeing patterns where there aren't any um but yeah i'm glad so i'm glad they did because diaries are a weird thing which i think no one's really kept a diary since 1853 well it sort of had a, a hashtag self-care upgrade. People mm. now keep journals and yes. bullet journals and mindfulness journals and all of these things, which is basically a diary, but we don't call it a diary mm. anymore. It's in, yeah, Because it's, different connotations. A in, diary is like, dear diary, today Kevin looked at me and my heart just stopped. Whereas a self-care journal is like... I'm very stressed at the moment because there's a lot going on in my life and I feel the need to... I'm going to write three A4 pages of my thoughts without stopping when I wake up first thing in the morning to clear my head and go forth into the day. Mm. Yes. Or, um, or you could be like Samuel Pepys and, and, and record the history of London during 50 years and, and be a valuable historical uh, well, <laughs> artefact. Twitter is that now. I guess There'll so. be a compilation of tweets during the pandemic I rather than... I literally... Which is good because it means you get lots of different versions of it, whereas we only have Samuel Pepys' version of The Great Fire. I... There was no poor person writing that was like, no. actually, I don't have any cheese to bury in my garden <laughs> and I don't wear a wig and blah 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 <laughs> yeah oh yeah do you know there's there's no one knows how many people died in the great fire of london it was six wasn't it no that's just that's just be- oh, that, that, yeah. that, it might be six thousand mm. because it's all the poor but they didn't people. matter because they didn't have land exactly just what yeah. you said um it's i think it was none actually i think more people more people have died that we know of falling off monuments <laughs> Than, yeah. than died in the in the fire that it was a monument to, but I believe thousands may have died, and we just don't know because yeah. they were nobody. Anyway, not the point. It's a diary, and I also thought it's an electronic diary. Yeah, it, sorry, carry it, on. Well, I've I got thought, it, Alpha. I'll talk about it in a second. I thought it was. Um, so I'm exposing myself now. I was quite the fan of the young adult thing <laughs> because there was a um, Candice Bushnell who wrote the original stories for, that got turned into Sex in the City did a prequel mm-hmm. called The Carrie Diaries, which was turned into a TV show um, starring the... Uh, what's her name? What's it called? I forget her name. She was the girl in the bridge to Terabithia that dies. That's a spoiler for you. Oh, spoiler alert. Sophia and Popperwell? Something like that? Yeah. I thought Sophia and Rob or something like that. Whatever. That's it, yeah. She was um, Violet Beauregard in... She was... Yeah, Anna, Anna Sophia Robb, that's it. And that's I love that show, and I thought this Barbie Diaries had taken that name. But no, this predates it by five years. Oh, wow. So That's crazy. That That's really weird. Um, so they've got nothing to do with each other, although they're both about young girls who keep diaries whilst at high school who are in yeah. love with the wrong bloke and another bloke likes them in return. How bizarre. Yeah, classic. <laughs> <laughs> it is funny. But then, um, but then that got turned into Gossip Girl, I believe, which then went yes. down that route that you were talking XOXO. about. XOXO. Mm. But um, 
Yeah, so you can still buy the electronic diary from the Barbie Diaries movie. It is. It comes with a pink glitter pencil, a butterfly pencil topper, butterfly stencils, diary pages, and a magnetic charm bracelet, which unlocks the diary, which then you can add your charms to every time you buy a doll. And that's still purchasable, is it? Well, it's sort of secondhand on on the on the eBay sort of thing. On the old eBay, yeah. Uh, that's that, that, I kind I kind of like that. Well, yeah. I mean, the and, and minute a... I saw that there was a diary, I was like, "You better be able to fucking buy that, or they are stupid." Mm. And it's so cute. It's um, it's really fun. It's like a big plastic diary like you, what you were talking about. And it has a secret compartment where I assume you keep your charm bracelet when you're not wearing it. Oh, mate. <laughs> <laughs> it's so good. I love the glittery yeah. pencil. It's it's adorable. The pages are cute. Butterflies everywhere. Butterflies were big in the 2000s. If you didn't have butterflies on your jeans, what were you even doing? Not as big doing? as that fucking butterfly in Veritopia. But um, butterflies <laughs> have been a motif in all the DVDs, I think. Yes. I think I think it's usually the the pointer and stuff, the menu pointer, and the ones I've seen. Mm. Certainly, certainly in this one, it's all over it, which is strange because they never really do anything. You know, the whole caterpillar to to butterfly thing is a real powerful image for teenage girls, and they never yeah. really use it. It's just there, yeah. hanging about, unused. It's just butterfly. Yeah, it's um. Yeah, it's. Yeah. You know, I, we do I just these, found we another quote, and we—I feel like we slag all these films off, <laughs> and then at the end, it's so we're going, funny, isn't it? We're like, going to say, "I bloody loved it, though." <laughs> I loved it. But this is the thing. Like, I think um, I just found one last quote, which I'm just mm. going to say that um, Todd, and it's—it's it's not even meant to showcase him as a bad person. It's meant to be him coming on to Barbie he says if I let a girl walk all over me what does that say like how am I meant to stand up to the quarterbacks uh, on a football pitch if I can't even stand up to Raquel Um, and it was so horrible and toxic and it was not at all painted in a bad way Uh, it was Barbie going oh no that's sad be my boyfriend instead Um, and yeah it was awful but it's very 2000s it's funny, isn't it? It's for what it was, aka a tropey two thousands teen movie for girls. It hit the spot, and it was very nostalgic, and it was very enjoyable, and it was a lot more enjoyable than I think we first gave it credit for. That does not mean, however, that it did not come with its own problems and its own ways where it could have been a bit better. And because of a couple of things that we've discussed, I think. I mean, I was already going to be like, this is going to be so difficult to place because it's so different from everything we've come across. How can we possibly compare a fairy tale to a high school teen drama? How can we? It's like comparing jokers. You shouldn't do it. It's not fair. Different beasts. However, I think I have a better idea just purely from the discussions that we've had. And in the same way that the magic of Pegasus fell a bit flat post-discussion, I think this is going to be the same. I don't know. What do you think? Well, I, I, I went in with such negative connotations. Like I said, I was, I was messaging you saying this is going to be shit. It's going to be <laughs> shit. And then easy to pick holes in. 
But there's mm. a ton of good stuff. And actually, although the visuals were weird, and there were bits where it's really weird. There's a screenshot I sent you where it all looked like I mean, completely yeah, it looked different. like Anna Anaconda. But it kind of did in places. The adult faces were weird. Um, but then yeah. there was this. There was a style about it. I loved it when it zoomed out. So at the party, you're not close enough in, and everyone looks like these sort of stylized cell painted images rather than CGI. And like when mm. they were driving the car around, and it's trying to park all the cars that don't have quite enough detail. And I yeah. thought it looked lovely. It looked like a computer game cutscene, but in a good way. In another way that's yeah. super stylizing. I thought the music was excellent. Very much so. I'm already down. I've already, you know, I've come out of the closet as a fan of young tween Disney TV shows. Um, <laughs> so so it, it talked to me. What I thought was interesting is they don't really go back to this modern setting mm. for another 10 films. And even then, I've just, like, I don't think we ever go back to school with Barbie. Well, we go to sort of weird private schools because I have the Barbie box set, mm. which has the majority of the movies in them. And the Barbie diaries is not in that box set. And we were discussing, and I wondered if it was because then it's a different producer, mm. but surely that shouldn't have made a difference. So the Barbie diaries is not in my box set. Instead, it continues from Pegasus and Fairytopia through to Dancing Princesses, Three Musketeers, Thumbelina, like all the sort of back to what we've been used to. Until um, until I, I think Fashion Fairy Tale, which seems yeah. to be contemporary contemporary set. And I guess I'm guessing Princess Charm School's the one that is set in some weird modern day. Thing. I don't know. That's because I've got in my head what a charm school is. I don't think it's what Mattel <laughs> think it is. Um, no, it, yeah. it, it, it fucking weird is what it is. <laughs> that's that's going to be one we're looking at. But yeah, it's just, I thought it was odd. It just The odd thing about this is, is the target audience. As I said at the beginning, Barbie films are for six, seven, eight, maybe up to 11-year-old young girls on the whole. Hmm. And therefore, that is about princesses and fantasy and and stuff like that. Hmm. And this is just this is the target audience is just five years older, and yeah, it that's why it feels like it doesn't belong. However, I enjoyed this more, but but I think we have pulled it apart enough to understand. A bit like what's the one where we thought there was a much better movie inside, with a little bit Magic of, of Pegasus, a little bit, a little bit more care. It yeah. feels like that to me. I think it's yeah. way more enjoyable than Rapunzel and Nutcracker, though. Yeah, and same, I, same. I'm I'm thinking number six, just behind Pegasus. Yes. Um, yeah, I was gonna say the same because I was I was like it basically needs to go where we put Pegasus, but I want Pegasus to still above it because Kevin was ghastly, Todd was ghastly, um, Raquel was meaningless, Stephanie didn't make sense. There was a, a lot of stuff whereas, you know, the villain of the Magic of Pegasus sort of did make sense. Um and when we thought about it. And, and I would yeah. I would have made it number five if I could buy the soundtrack C D with Sky Sweetham's music on it. 
<laughs> That's lost it a point for me. Just like what? I still want the fucking diary. I'm gonna make my self care journal the Barbie diary. Like I want the charm bracelet that magnetically opens the lock. Like how good? How good? That, that's a toy so of the time as well. Yeah. There's these sort of sort of cheap electronics from China, um, opening up, and 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 then having something like that, which would have traditionally been a boys' thing. You know, having something that opens something by touching it. Yeah. That's not a that's not a girl's toy kind of electronics until around no, this point. They, yeah, and then they started blurring the lines between girls and boys' mm. toys. Don't get us wrong, there was still the pink Barbie aisle and the blue boys' toys aisle. But girls were, you know, we had Amidala in The Phantom Menace in 2001. So girls were starting to enter into the toy aisle for Star Wars in a way that they hadn't quite before. And... There was a shift happening, definitely. Hmm. But yeah, yeah. I think I think number six out of. <coughs> I think number six. Yeah. How far we've gone? You know, it's not the best, not the worst, um, but infinitely more enjoyable than I thought it would be. By this is, is yeah, and I've said that a couple I'm of times. Shocked. I know I've said that a couple of times. Um, <laughs> I've probably said that about five times, um, but. I would go back and watch this one again. I rinsed the DVD more than I have it was, of any other. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's just... It was fun. I'm starting to think I didn't enjoy it as much as you did. Yeah, I think um... that as well. <laughs> Which, again, <laughs> what? <laughs> yeah, and I honestly thought, because I was like, this is full-on tapped into my nostalgia. Mm. And I think if it hadn't have done, I think it would have rated a lot more poorly. And I, I genuinely thought this was going to be the first one that we were going to have, like, fights over. Um, and if anything... I think I would be the one more tempted to push it down to seven than you would. No, for sure. Um, I have huge problems with fucking Rapunzel. <laughs> I know Rapun- you do. And Rapunzel like, is a lie. Wrapped. Yeah. No, in a I don't dress. have as many problems <laughs> with Rapunzel as as you do. And so, yeah, I would. I can't, I'm not going to, but there is a fight in me to push this down to seven. But I, I think, understand. I, I, We're so far away from Rapunzel now, and I, I really did enjoy the Barbie Diaries a lot. That I is fair. I it's think fine. it. I think it'll become a non-issue as we work through the rest yeah. of the films. I think Barbie Diaries will eventually end up down in the down in the low teens. Well, who's to say? I'm not really sure. But, but um, and, if it, and if it goes up higher, then so be it. Yeah. A fun, odd entry. Um, Barbie's first outing into the real world as a Barbie, as Barbie. You know what it is. Um, and I know, I know, I know. I shouldn't really use James Bond films, but this is the, um, this is the Honor Majesty's Secret Service of Barbie films, where <laughs> it's it's a different Barbie completely, um, but it's got great music. <laughs> <laughs> which Honor yeah. Service has got the great theme tune and, and the great ending tune and um but doesn't really fit anywhere <laughs> in, in the in the wider in the sort of canon yeah canon um absolutely so i i'm yeah i'm going to i'm going to um um yeah 6 6 is fine for now i think yeah. but i i get yeah. that but it's fascinating i think this is the first time i've enjoyed a film more than you have yeah I mean, you know, last week was no match. No. Like, 
I was obsessed. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, you recovered. Um, you recovered from that now. And what's a little bit? So what, I mean, <laughs> ne- next time we're going to go for a film which you already know. Yeah, I'm already well aware of the Twelve Dancing Princesses. We're back on form. We've got twelve princesses to make up for the lack of princesses in this movie. It's a grim fairy tale adaptation. Again, picking on the stories that. Disney didn't touch and the 12 dancing princesses is a fabulous fairy tale anyway it was one of my favorites as a kid um and you're going to be really really well I hope you're going to be really pleasantly surprised and happy with some of the voice acting that we get again we're we're very much returning to almost the first three in Mm. style and format like like, like I said it talks about on the dvd it talks about this princess collection and it and, mm. and it, it it puts Nutcracker, Rapunzel, Swan Lake, and Princess and the Pauper in this section of their own. Veritopia, um, mm-hmm. it's already building up this, and Magic of the Pegasus just seems to be again another redheaded stepchild that is yeah. advertised as part of this gang. Um, yeah. it's weird, you know. Just looking down the titles, I think we will be able to put these all these films into four broad groups, you know, and then definitely, and then there's the kids that we we locked away with the royal family sisters, you know, in <laughs> that, that we don't we don't talk about. We don't even put on the 36 DVD box set. That <laughs> yeah. that's fascinating. It's so weird. It's not in my box set. Yeah, and I don't know why. Unless somebody stole it. Because it was yeah. their favourite Barbie movie. <laughs> could be, could be. <laughs> All right. Well, I guess until next time then. 